A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with uh, Two gentlemen to uh, joining me to recap Red Bud and all that happened uh, there uh, of not JT. He's uh, out of commission, but you'll see who we get on here shortly. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing, the Formula Helmet, uh, lightweight, very quiet, and more importantly, very, very safe. Rion technology is involved in that thing. Uh, and also the Formula CC is new for 2021. A uh, little same safety helmet, same safety fr- prices on the helmet, safety features. There we go. On the helmet, just a little bit different price. So please, if you're in the market for a helmet, do your research. Look at what the Fly Racing guys have to do with the Rion in the in the Formula Helmet, and you'll see you'll make the choice that a lot of guys other guys have done. So FlyRacing.com for that, uh, and they've got a lot of other stuff as well. Uh, so please, thanks to the folks at Fly Racing uh, for coming on the podcast. Also, thanks to the folks at Renthal. Whether it's AC, whether it's Tomac, whether it's Sexton, Roxon, uh, Web, Moosecan, Renthal.com, a fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters, it all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. They are the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century. Renthal continues to lead the world at the very top level of sport, amassing more titles than all the other brands combined. Yeah, that's right. So you know the name Renthal if you're hearing this and you have a dirt bike. Chances are you use Renthal. Uh, thanks to Renthal for the sprockets and chains. Bars, grips, uh, they've got it all. And really informative website as well, Renthal.com. Please check them out. And thanks to Maxis, of course, when it comes to mountain bike tires, dirt bike tires, UTV tires, trailer tires, light truck tires. Maxis.com, really, really uh, good stuff. And they've been in the sport for a long time. They supported, uh, dude, the U.S. Open used to be uh, supported by Maxis in a massive effort. So Maxis has been there. Jeremy McGrath is on board with Maxis as well. And, of course, the Maxis SGB team uh, of A-Ray. And Jeremy Smith and Rod Bell. Rod Bell had a good uh, good ride. So uh, thanks to, to uh, Maxis.com for coming on here. We also got uh, Cobolinks and Motorsport.com as well as Onyx Maps and the folks at Arma. Lots to talk about when it comes to Red Bud. Happy 4th of July. Let's dive into this. And now, as promised, let's bring in the uh, two gentlemen uh, in here to talk about Red Bud and all that happened First up, uh, he's the voice of Pro Motocross. He is the voice of GNCC. He's the voice of Enduro Cross. He's the voice of Flat Track. If you're paying, he's saying. It's Jason Wigan. What's up, Weege? Yeah, I've actually added a new one. Oh, oh, and? Yes. Uh, as of last weekend, I had a weekend off, and I became the uh, temporary voice of Hornet's Nest BMX in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I saw uh, that. Yes, I saw there, that. There was no paying. There was no paying. Uh, there was still saying. And I got to call uh, my kid nearly getting run down 
Um, he led the majority of his, you know, 30-second moto, and then in the last three seconds, uh-huh. he nearly got picked off, and it was a photo finish, and as a great announcer, I couldn't even tell who won, so I said nothing. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah, I was just like, wow, what a battle. That was incredible. Uh, Moving on. I also forgot about the road race. You're, you're doing street bike racing, too. Yes, Moto America street bike racing, yes. Yep. yep. Uh, fantastic. street bike guy. Yeah, you're a big street bike guy. Uh, really also close. on the line to talk about Red Bud, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, two-time German Supercross champion, it's Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? <laughs> the pinch hitter is here, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, our buddy Jason Thomas is uh, in uh, Italy for the uh, MXGP. 100% chance he just goes to those because uh, they put him on TV. Uh, we all know that, and uh, so he can't make this podcast, but he did call some action today in Majoria. So. And, and a 100% inaccurate stat. I never won the Montreal Supercross or a German Supercross. Average, I don't know, somewhere between 8 to 10 at those races. Did you did have a regional 250 arena cross title though? Yeah, there's not many of those going around. They yep. introduced that kind of late, and then it went away kind of quick. So I am right. sharing that title though with Dirty Dave Janolfi and Justin Cooper's got one. So oh, uh, Cooper got one. I did not he know got that. one. I think wow. yeah, I think the second to last year, I think he got one too. So uh, just great greatness, greatness. Um, also, uh, that leads. Where's the RC Cup? Does the last winner have that? Oh, that would be Hayes. Yeah, Jacob, I think, has it. Does he have I it? I don't know. I mean, I've I've visually never it. seen it, and he's never told me, but I I mean, I think he's got it. He never – yeah, I think he does. Okay. All right. Let's hit him up right now. We'll all, I'll text him. Uh, we'll put all – and we'll all get the answer here. Okay. Live. Let's figure out if he has the we'll RC Cup still and if anybody's going to come and get it or what, what happened or did anybody come and get it or, or I, I don't know. I don't know how that goes. It's, it's holding a door open somewhere. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Red Bud. Uh, let's get into it. First of all, I, I got I got a gripe with Tim Ritchie and the boys down at Red Bud. First up, um, the leap. I love the leap. It's great. It's an iconic jump on the series. I don't know what happened this year, but like two two fifty guys did it, and probably we what fifteen four fifty guys. Not that many. Uh, the corner was, was tough at the bottom, and the, the third one was too high, and we saw Roxon crash on it. We saw uh, Forkner crash on it. We saw, I saw some dude, a privateer dude, just about die on it. He was fine, I guess. Um, anyways, the, you know, the landing was a bounce, and, and if you didn't get it right, and they, they really screwed it up. And I want to see a leap that most 450 guys can do, and the elite 250 guys can do. And I wasn't happy with the leap this year. It's it's not it's not cool, Tim. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the the guy in the dozer fell asleep and made it too the landing too big. But fix the leap, man. That's my rant. Uh, I disagree. Okay. I think it's awesome that it actually worked in the 450 class, like a literal game changer strategy. Racing and passing came down to could you jump it or not. Um, I don't think you could build that. You could build it a thousand times, and it would not. You would not be able to nail it that perfectly. But to me, I'm like, wow, that was magical. How it came together. Roxon either could or couldn't get it, and that decided a lot of the entire race day. So I thought it was cool. It was magical. You you just used the words magical. Yeah, yeah. Roxon's race completely swung on could he jump Larocco's leap or not. I think that's cool. I, I think that's cool in the 250 class. That's how you swing the 250 class. Is it that easy to just tune an obstacle to that degree? Well, it has been that way before. 
scientifically. Like, we'll get it down, I think, three more feet. Every 450, we'll jump it. No. And if we go seven more inches, it'll be seven 250s can jump in and 33 won't. Like, how can you tune it to but, that degree? It's been tuned to that degree. We've seen that. We've seen the, the elite 250 guys jump it. And, and then we've seen most of the 450 guys jump it. That We've seen that many years. I think many years. we've seen 250 guys jump it, but not like this entire moto and the points lead comes down to one guy could jump it and one guy couldn't. Like, this was magical how it worked out. All right, JT, uh, Daniel, now you're getting a taste of JT here. So wh- wh- where do you stand on this? What, what? Uh, I'm going to go I, – I hate to go political here and go 50-50, but I liked not knowing who was going to pull each lap and if Thank it was going to affect – No, I, and I did like that. I'm watching it going – you know, I move up to the edge of my seat every lap, right there. And then, so I thought that was cool. But what I didn't like is the body pain that I felt (laughs) watching Ken Roxon try to jump that jump over. The one was so bad. I, I literally, all I could think about the next 30 seconds was his arms, like the impact that he took. So I I liked it for that whole kind of gamble who was going to go for it. And I, I was watching obviously the camera angles from the back. So you're kind of watching them out of the corner. You're like, does he got enough? Is he going to go? And then they would or wouldn't. So I kind of like that, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I like when the 250 guys can get it a couple because it just makes it feel cooler when a couple get it. And obviously that was it never came into play in that class. So I, I got to go 50-50. It was fun to kind of see who would take the gamble. But physically, I just could not stand watching those dudes case it over it, and over. It's a cool thing to jump it. The fans, there's a, there's a bleacher right in front of the jump. So you do want to show off the guys doing it more than you don't, I think. And this one, you had more guys not doing it than doing it. Who can forget Troll Train leaping, (laughs) doing the leap on his RMZ, riding on the side of the track, and using that as a berm to flow that next corner? Who can forget those times? Nobody. I don't remember it, but... I guess we could forget. It happened. I oh, uh, JT's not remember, here, but the, the ghost of JT lingers with Troll Train. <laughs> Troll Train shitting on him. The the, the, the the stink is in the air still. Well, you know the whole theory that certain team managers um, bribe track builders to do certain things? Maybe this was every manufacturer of the 250 class saying, hey, do not make that doable. I, I did hear. No, I heard some guys complaining when the star guys were about the only ones to do it. I did hear people were complaining. Uh, too bad. Uh, Troll Train did it on RMZ. So there you go. You're good. Like, you're good. He, he did it on RMZ. So, um, you know, anyways, that's, that's, you know, it was an epic day of racing. It was great weather. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a great day. I just, I have to get that out. I, I don't, and we need to put back the old start. I've said that over and over. I, I, Bud's Creek, uh, Red Bud, uh, these MXDN guys come over and they ruin all the American starts. So, so that, that's, that's all I got to say. Other than that, I'm with great. you on that one. Steve, I am with you on the start. I love the old red bud left, right. Something just the visual, like the tradition, the yeah. visual of that first turn was always good. I don't like this one as much. I, I, I got to agree with you on that. Yeah, one. although it was a tad dangerous, the old one. It was a tad dangerous. They 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 came in there pretty hot. So, um, Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, that's it. Other than that, great day. And, uh, and round four of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Uh, we about the only thing Ferrandez needs to work on here is his starts. And actually, I prefer if he didn't work on them because man, he makes him exciting. He is, he's just on fire right now. Is this a podcast from this year, last year, or the year before? I know, right? Because th- I don't, th- I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Like they are who they are. Um, you see AC and Roxon at the beginning of a moto, they are like 
explosive speed in the first couple of corners yep. in the first lap. That is just not Ferrandez's deal. Never has been. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But, yeah, it does make it a lot more dramatic. I mean, his strength down the stretch, I am trying really hard to coin this nickname. It's, it's the Dylan Danger Zone. I'd even put on the weed show, <laughs> make a sign for Ferrandez. I know no fan would ever make a Ferrandez sign at a race. I get it. But if you make a sign, I will give you one of my shirts in my closet that I don't wear on television anymore. Because, wh- dude, you see it every race. Like, somebody's in the lead or somebody's in second, and then you look at the back of the screen, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, here he comes. And then you know he's going to get him. It's, it's, it's very Tomac-like in Tomac's absolute peak of, like, when he gets you in sight with five minutes to go, you're dead. Daniel? Yeah, it's impressive. It's fun to watch, and I'm with you. I'd rather have him not fix it. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know what's you know what's crazy though is if you go back, I, I don't remember. It might have been Villeman on your show or at some point said like, if you don't get a good start, too bad. That doesn't doesn't matter in outdoor. Like you have to do the work and get by these guys. So I, he's definitely, you know, that method has been built into him. That hey, just because you don't get good starts doesn't mean you can't make it happen. So it's almost like he's accepted the fact that that's who he is. And I just I'm gonna be an eighth, twelfth place start guy, and he doesn't seem to care and. If you look back in the past, remember Baggett's crazy rides and Tomac's crazy rides? If you can keep yourself within range and you have an extra gear, you just lock in the last 10 to 12 minutes and you can make it happen. So he's just doing that formula, which is I'm I'm there. I'm close enough to see you all. And then when you all settle back to reality, I'm not going to. And it's, it's, it's like we're getting the same thrills we used to get out of Eli. Crazy. I mean, that first motor, I didn't think he was going to win. I thought get to third. But he just kept coming and coming. So, yeah, the formula's built, and I think he's accepted it. And I think that's the key with these guys is accept what your fault may be and adjust around it. And he is. He just doesn't panic. And he makes his moves. He gets up there, stays close, and then, boom, goes into crazy – goes into danger mode, as we would say, and just gets caught. I'm into it. I like it. It is the Dylan danger zone. He Last 10 minutes, dude, if he can see you, you're screwed. Straight up. uh, He's a total package, man. Supercross next year if you want, Daniel. It's cool. I'll I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll give you a license. Oh. Ooh, licensing agreement happening licensing on the agreement. spot. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the total package. Uh, absolutely. Uh, he's got everything. And, you know, him and Tomac did their fastest laps the last lap of Moto2. You know, uh, you know. so I, I think Tomac was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you know, I got to get, get going here. Um, well, I did like how Ferrandis even said on the podium, he's like, I don't think anyone's ever passed Eli in the right. last lap. Like, we've seen Eli have some some weird races through the years. You know, we've talked about them a million times. But if he's in the lead late, it's one of his good races. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, has Tomac ever – Steve, do you remember Tomac ever getting passed on the last lap of a race? Oh, God, no, right? No. Right. Yeah, nothing. nothing so it was an awesome, like, irresistible force, immovable object. Like, Ferrandis is unreal and so strong and so tough and all that. But it's like, you're not going to do that. Tomac is the one guy he cannot do that to. Didn't, didn't Coop get him on the last lap or second last lap at a Salt Lake? The, sh- the, the second, the first Salt Lake, maybe? I don't know. Uh, this year? Yeah. I felt like I felt like Coop got him real late, which was odd. But anyways, yeah, whatever. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nationals, though? Yeah, forget it. Um, so, Tom- so, Dylan, one, two, 14-point lead now. Going to Southwick where you know he's good. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. yep, this uh, this thing's getting away from everybody because he's I, just I in great. You're just, seeing. You know, go ahead. What do you guys think, Daniel? I'll ask you. I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. Roxon pushing and and some things happening because I think he's sensing it. Like, oh, this 
I got to hang it out. This guy's getting away. And and I think that led to some of the mistakes. That's what I'm seeing. What do you think I, about that, Dan? Yeah, I, I do too. And it's, it's yeah. one of those things where when Dylan has early success, you got to remember that he's still a rookie. It's, you know, it's early in the season. So no one really kind of panics. The pecking order isn't all the way set. So you're impressed by it, right? If you're Kenny and these guys, you're like, wow, Dylan, wow. But you're not really threatened all the way yet. And now it's becoming like, I mean, it's a reality. He's the best guy in the class right now. It's still four rounds. I, it's, it'd be silly for us to just like give it to him. But through four rounds, he is the best guy. It's not even a question anymore. So I'm with you. And as far as a championship goes, I, these guys, a lot of these guys are so far out of it already. They, they would need a lot of help. So if you're just focusing on Kenny and Dylan, then yeah, Kenny's probably going, wow, yeah, he's pretty good. Now he's going, oh, crap. Like this is like a Cooper indoor type thing where this guy is actually just a little bit better than me. And yeah, a little bit of a panic there. I mean, just little mistakes. And then, and I don't know. I mean, again, it's early. So Dylan, it's not a given, but as long as like nothing really kind of steers him in any way, a big crash or some kind of issue, like, I I mean, it just doesn't look like he's beatable. And of course he is, but God, it's just looking, it's feeling that way early, right? Four rounds in, you're just feeling like no one can beat him. And um, I, I just, I, I guess this makes me excited for the next round because I want to see, can you do it again? Can you, can you dominate again? But hard to see, hard to see how he doesn't win Southwick, man. You know, I, I, I mean, hard to see how he doesn't win any of them. I mean, he looks <laughs> like he did on the 250. He yeah. just looks like he's better than everybody. And yeah. I, I will say this though, because I did a little research just to kind of confirm it from my own knowledge. Ferrandis is the same age as Roxon. They're both 27. So there's a lot of people like can't believe he's a rookie and how good he is. But, dude, he's a 27-year-old grown up here. He, his, his start was a lot later. Obviously, he came here later. So, uh, yeah, if you're wondering if he has the maturity to pull this thing off, he's Kenny's age. And they're one year younger than Eli. So he, he's mature. And don't let the rookie status fool you. Like, this is, this is a legit guy that could honestly just take this thing home straight up. Well, you know, I mean, we got a lot of races to go. But this gets me excited for Supercross 2022 with Dylan. You know, uh, this is yeah. going to be this is going to be a real, real interesting thing to watch. And don't forget, he wanted to go to Gas Gas. He was trying so hard to go to Gas Gas TLD, and, and that almost happened. And he wanted to go there, you know, and, and stock quote unquote with Yamaha. And, and look what's going on. So, um, full props to Kenny, by the way, for that case, and then regrouping right away. Like I was watching him, being like, "Oh man, he is going to slow down," or you know what I mean, just. You guys know how that goes, and he just kept going, man. Just, just knuckle like did slow down a little bit, but but then just held off. I think it was Marv or somebody, and just kept going. You know, uh, so good job I for. All worried if Roxon like, what if he took a mega hit to the arms? <laughs> what would happen? They're good. Yeah. We now know mm-hmm. they yeah, can handle I mean, a hit. They, that what? was that was a test. Test yes. passed. What did oh, you guys gosh. make, Daniel? I'll start with you. What did you make of Ferrandis and Roxon's penalty? points penalty for oh. jumping on a red cross like wh- what point I, we're doing points I, now and we're doing different points and what i hate this question so thanks for steering it to me first i appreciate that <laughs> these are so bad because there's rules right and you want to follow the rules and there's penalties and you want to go with the penalties but the rules and the penalties are so up to the discretion of somebody and and that I was shocked, honestly, and and I get it. I get that you got to do something, kind of, because you want to send the message like you can't do that. But that one, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't like those. I don't even know. I, I feel like there's no winner on those. If you don't do nothing, people are going to complain. Like I can't believe they let them. And if you do something, it's like I can't believe you penalize them. And 
One got one point. One got two. I, I don't know. I, I hate. I, 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 so I one, hate. one guy jumped farther than the other, and that was the points? That was the difference? Yeah, yeah they have measuring tape. They would have taped it. They walked it. Uh, I'm walked so, it. We saw this in Supercross. We've seen this in Supercross. Guys lose, lose positions. Uh, what, what, yeah. what happened? So uh, we, we cannot blame the FIM on, for this one, can we? No. <laughs> no. no. We cannot blame John no. Gallagher and the FIM. Um, to further this, uh, Ferrandis was asked about it in the press conference, and he said he didn't see. He, he saw a yellow flag. There was a yellow flag on the takeoff, right? And I think there was a red cross further down the jump. But there was a red cross in the corner, supposedly. His team said that, but he had never seen it. So – now you can even go into the, well, are the flags in the right position for the Hold riders on, to though. see them? Hold on, though. 35 other guys saw the flag. So, oh, okay. Good good call. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, I get it. The flagging wasn't ideal. Shocking, everyone who's listening. The flagging at a national wasn't ideal. I, you know, I, the flagging at a race. The fl- it's not. Just, 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 you know, calm down here. I know this blows your mind, but the flagging wasn't ideal. However. Hey, hey good flagging died. The day Weeds left English <laughs> I think so. I think so. Fair. Uh, but 30, uh, 30, 30 guys saw it. So. the jump because yeah. he saw yellow, and he's like, okay, I don't, I don't even see the wheels on the ground flag, but maybe someone's on the backside of the jump, so I'll just half jump it just in case so I don't land on anybody so I don't crash myself yeah. or land on someone. So he said he was only half jumping because he saw the yellow flag. Roxon did air it out more, but yeah, I don't know. And then the other thing was that this actually – was it going to be used to impact the overall, you know, because they use championship points for the overall. I've never seen that scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, it is really hard with these wheels on the ground rules. Although I guess somewhat what you're saying, Daniel, is like if you put out a red cross and the guys jump and you do nothing, that's not good either. So what are you yeah, supposed I, to do? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know a solution. I mean, you, you'd have to be, you could, I mean, I, I guess the only solution would be to like really aggressively spend the money on bringing in like a, a more of a legit flagging lighting. I mean, you'd have to invest a whole lot to clean it up. What a hey, little bit. It's still going to be a problem. There were fly, lights there, which they I, have I'm, lights now they're trying lights. Yeah. So yeah. lights, oh, they, are? they oh, tried lights this there. weekend. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, how wide are these tracks, right? And these dudes are in an unbelievable battle. Like, is it possible to put a light on the side of the track and in, in a perfect position where a rider would always see it? I don't know. I don't know what they're dealing with. So what are what would they see and not see? How how do you know? Could you could you at least uh, what you know? The penalty that, that makes the most sense to me is like, look, if you're not gonna take away a win by docking positions, which I would be fine with that. That's the rule. We've seen it before. Don't jump on a red cross. Be more aware of your surroundings. Kenny happened to Kenny, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's happened. So to me, that's what you do. You just take the positions away. Okay, but if you don't want to do that, I get it. No, wait. I thought they take points away, not positions. This that's one was do. just points. Ken- it was straight just a Kenny one was, point for Dylan, two for Kenny. Yeah, this one was points, but wasn't Kenny docked positions? Was Kenny Dock positions or just the points equivalent to the positions, but not the positions? I thought it was just the points. I thought I it was just, it's just a the straight knock on the points. One for yes. Dylan, two for Kenny. I think. No, no, no. This uh, one, so. this one was. I'm talking about past ones. The Houston this year was Houston round two, yeah, right? I right. think it was. I thought it was just points. I mean, I know Marv won Seattle and they let him keep the win. They just took his points. Right. Okay. Point. Yeah. Point. My point is, is, yes. is you could time it. You could literally time it and be like, "Hey, man." Mm. This is what you gained from some random dude that rolled across it, right? And take those mm-hmm. seconds away. You know, nobody got hurt. Yeah. Everything was fine. 
You didn't cause any problems. Here's what you gained from jumping that, and we're taking those seconds away, and whatever ends up happening with the overall, then that's the, what happens. And if you know, so I'd be fine with that because you did gain you gain track time, right? But by, by jumping it, Kenny and Ferrandis gained track time. So take those seconds away. Yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't realize. Like, so whoever was right behind them at that time did roll it and did lose time. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. yeah, all those guys yeah. did. Yeah. Not yeah. like a crazy amount, but enough. No, to, but enough. It was visual. Yeah. They lost time for sure. So I don't know. I, it was confusing I, to me. But. I, I will. I will throw this in though. I mean, from the from the rider's perspective, I mean, we're talking about how unbelievable Dylan's riding, and these guys are all riding really good right now. I'm sure we'll get into all of them, but the speed they're going and the amount of focus that they have to have to actually safely go that speed while racing. You're you're so locked in on what you're used to, which is just going insanely fast. Oh, here comes the racer. Here comes the racer no, in the well, pod. I'm, I'm just, you no, know just, JT. Oh, you, where's JT? Where's JT? You, you J- they can discuss yeah, this. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm here on his behalf. I'm speaking Thank on you. his behalf. Right okay. Now. Yes. What I'm okay. what I'm saying at is I get that there's got to be something done, but if the outcome ends up kind of being okay, and it was obvious, they did, I mean, it was obvious that they there was an attempt to sort of ish slow down. I mean, I'll give them credit on that because their brains aren't focused on being ready for a red flag to just shut everything down in their in their in their role. You know what I mean? They they train and do these motos all day long. They don't just all of a sudden throw a flag and be ready to stop. It's such an odd situation, and the way that they're riding and how fast and hanging it out, I just I feel for them when they get penalized because they didn't do it on purpose. There was no intent. Of course not. No, it's just no, like no it's, one's and that's why that. I I know, and I just hate that for them because they come off of an unbelievable moto find out they lose points and it's like man like i didn't do that on purpose i mean if you guys were in my shoes yeah, but and Daniel, the way i w- 30 other guys saw the flag and did and followed the rules the, yeah but the flag becomes a little bit more relevant as the next guy comes and the next guy comes and guys slow down when you're like one of the first ones to it you are like you're not thinking about that uh, that's what I'm saying, and, and you're right, and that's why they do need to get penalized because they did break the rule. But at the same time, I just feel for, it's just a personal feeling for them because there was no intent. They're riding their ass off, and then boom, this flag comes up. They try to check up, and it's not enough. It's no noted out, noted outdoor warrior Daniel Blair weighs in. On I'm just from my outdoor experiences. I'm just telling you what I experienced going <laughs> uh, the speed that I rider. Sp- speaking of speaking of that though, so my my post race with AP. I don't know. Did you, did you listen, Weege or did Daniel? Did you listen? Yeah. Uh, he's like, I started it. I started. I, I got, I'm through AC. He he goes. He's like, uh, I'm like, dude, Eli. Whoa, dude, you got us back it down. We're going so fast. Like, AP. It's true. AP it's, was it's, like, we were going so fast. He wanted Eli to back it down. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like, I mean, yeah. as always, he's the truth teller. Like, there there's nothing held back. Yeah. With Aaron Plessinger, but yeah, he's yeah. like, dude, we were going down these hills so fast. Like, dude, we got to slow down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these 450 motos are, yeah. I mean, they've got to be all-time intense. I'm not going to try to compare eras and say that Stu and RC weren't faster or something, yeah. which you can't yeah. even compare because the bikes are 15 years better now. But, like, as far as five guys going 99.9% the entire moto and trying to make up inches on each other, wow. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. So that makes me go back a little bit to what Daniel said. Like, then all of a sudden, oh, there's a flag? Like, we, Dude, they are in full focus dude, attack mode. Think the about whole moto. We went seven years of RC with thirty second leads, and then we went four years of Dunge with just robot Dunge leads, and then we yep. went Eli with a bunch of lead. You know, like, what, no, this is fun. Yeah, this, this is great. It's really fun. Uh, 
Speaking of Eli, uh, okay, so he's back. I know he only got fourth in Moto 1, and at high point he went 6-1, and this one he went 4-1, but he was right there in the first Moto. You know, didn't start with those – didn't start in front of the guys that he mm, – But he got passed straight up by Ferrandis. He did, but Ferrandis is – you know, but I'm still I, – I'm, 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 he's good. He's back. Oh, it's way better. Yeah. It's way better. Yeah, like, like, he, like, like I can see him going 1-1 in a coming race. Why not Southwick? Sure, yeah, Southwick. Sure, maybe. yeah, he's really yeah. good there. Um, he's the so he's back. started right now. He'd be looking fine. Like you'd be like, I don't know, he could easily win the title. The problem is he's literally starting in a fifty-point hole. Yeah, yeah. But but but, I mean, I think he was fine again this weekend. You know, so I, yeah. the high point thing, I I wasn't changed because that first moto was terrible, sixth and just distant sixth. You know, this one to me felt different. So maybe because I was there and I wasn't at high point, but. Yeah. Well, that, and that first moto, Weed, you you brought it up. Eli started sneaking into that three rider pack at the end. He kind of got to the back of them in that first moto. Yeah. So it, yeah, to your point, Steve, he wasn't just way back and forth, just chilling. Like he was up with that group. And I, I guess my thoughts on Eli is, you remember in Supercross when he was kind of saying, "Yeah, the the level of competition, they've all leveled up." I didn't buy that at all indoors because what seven or eight guys are going to all level up magically in the same year. I I, I couldn't buy it, mm-hmm. but on outdoor, I, I those guys really have leveled up. I mean, it, Eli looks awesome and they look awesome too. And I mean, they're checking out AP is now kind of joining that party. Dylan, of course, Kenny, this really looks to me like Eli is close to being near his best. Not like the crazy Eli we've seen, but you know, maybe the 95% version. And the rest of the field is kind of caught right to that. So that's – Eli looks awesome. I feel like he, yeah, is one of the guys, maybe in motos, the best guy. But this, to me, looks more like the competition has caught that crazy pace. Where indoors, I, I wasn't buying that at all. There, I just – he was off indoors. This now looks like that argument is coming true, if that makes sense. Weege? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, even that little charge he put in at the end of Moto 1, I think that's enough in previous years to get it done. Like, Ferrandis, yep. like, put on his charge a little earlier, and then, like, the last maybe five minutes, Eli went. And, yeah, I think he's just good enough to overwhelm those guys in a normal year, but now it's fourth. And mm-hmm. then he wins the second moto, but the dudes were right on him, where maybe in a previous year he's a little further ahead. So, yeah, I, I agree. Now that we're getting the more normal Eli here, maybe now we're seeing the difference of everybody else is just uh going faster yeah now I mean, we're, we're seeing no we're seeing supercross eli now where he's good and he can win if it falls in his lap and he's right there but he's not the guy you know but that that's where supercross eli was oh is he just a guy now well I, uh, yeah I I, I I don't even remember what side of that one you're i don't know either know. um okay. right. <laughs> so uh i was tweeting for racer x as usual and uh halfway through the second moto i'm like and now AP is making a run at Tomac. And then I'm like, things I thought I would never type. Because uh, he did. He made a run at Eli. Uh, got close to him before he kind of started making mistakes. And Dylan got him again. And I told Aaron after the race, I'm like, you were like seven minutes away from going 1-1. Like, like he was, maybe that was a bit of an exaggeration. But you know what I mean? Late in the motos, he did run out of steam. But he led laps. He got both hole shots. And wearing some hideous Thor gear. I horrible. I don't know. <laughs> horrible. I get it. It's the throwback Torsten Holman stuff, and Torsten Holman's a motocross legend. That's not what you do. Nope. So, anyways, um, wait. I never even realized. I it just occurred to me those were supposed to look like leathers. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. 
Like the original. I, I could not figure out why they were wearing khakis. <laughs> so they were just like literally. Why they, they were, were poop brown? Yeah. Yeah. Deliberately trying to look bad. It wasn't oh, an accident. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, bad, bad, bad gear, Thor. Definitely uh, not a great look. But, anyways, uh, AP 3 3 on the day. Good job. Fans loved him. He loved it. It was phenomenal. The Aaron Plessinger. PR machine keeps rolling along, Weege. Hey, you know, uh, I don't know if I told you this, Steve. At High Point, I was talking to him after the race, and he said he noted people like you and I saying, oh, man, he's so fun, but when he gets to the 450 class, he's probably not going to keep that. He's going to turn serious. Oh, really? Actually, he said that motivates him. Oh, wow. He is motivated to prove all of us in the media wrong that said he will not be able to maintain this kind of rawness. Yeah. As a 450 well, good. So yeah. it's obvious. We'll take it. It's obvious. Yeah. It's I mean, obvious because, look, he, he's, he's a good old Southern boy, but he is. He's turned... not Southern. He's not Southern. He's from Ohio. Okay. 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 He's from okay. Ohio. Okay, Stop that. Okay. Stop that. I don't care where he's from in his heart. He's a Southern boy. Okay. okay? You can he's... say that. Sure. Okay. Dude, trust me. We, I've watched the profile on him now every week of the outdoors. He loves to fish and he loves NASCAR. Okay, he's southern, but weeds. Tell me if I'm wrong here. He has turned up the south this summer. He his interviews are twice, maybe three times as hick as they've ever been. He's he's playing the role as hard as possible. Yes, I agree, and I hate saying this because I don't want to. It, it is still genuine. I don't want to make it, it sound like he's acting, but yeah, it's not a fake character that he's doing. But he, it's like he's himself. Yeah, he he turned. He's doing an impression of himself. How about that? <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing the wide open, modified, no rule book limits of AP's personality. Yes, the hair, the mustache, and now yeah. everything sound like this. Everything sound like this now. Everything, and I I love it. Don't turn it off, AP, because yeah. you are American AF up there on the Red Bud weekend. <laughs> Yeah. And I loved it, but God, he has turned it up, man. I uh, I agree, it's great. He, he's always been a good interview. He's always laughed. Like you, you're like, hey man, how'd that go? Oh, dude, darling. Uh, you know? like, <laughs> like you're always you always leave like being like that guy's cool. That guy's cool to talk to. So, uh, but three three on the day, good job. And how about Blue Crew? How about Blue Crew? Three out of the top five, just phenomenal. What a bike! Oh, is that it's it? it? Yeah, no, that's it. It's it's just the bike. Yeah. Bike. Well, it ain't Will Hahn. I, I, it ain't Will Hahn anymore. So no, I, I was. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, Adam Wheeler last week, who's a MXGP a journalist, and I was explaining to him. I feel like Bobby Regan is single-handedly fighting back against the Austrian brand's right. attempted takeover. <laughs> yeah, he's one man. Front, he's the front line against them. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like man. when you you look at the other OEMs, man, they're not. Yeah, you know. I mean, aren't we looking? First of all, they had nine riders this weekend. They had nine riders. Yeah. And aren't we potentially? We are potentially looking at a Ferrandis Plessinger Tomac team next year. Like, I will. I will see your Husky Gas Gas and and, and, and Craig programs. Craig Outdoors too yeah. next year. Yeah, okay, four, yeah. four Outdoors. <laughs> yeah, I will take all three of your brands, and I will have one team that's just as big <laughs> as all three. Of and don't act like Bobby won't be at Loretta scooping up a couple more. Too. Right. He's, he's not done reloading. No. Uh, I, I swear, I, I had an argument with someone else about it. They're like, how does he got the money? And I, The only conclusion I have is he get it, He got in on Bitcoin early. That's okay. the only Yeah, Bobby seems like a Bitcoin investor, so you're right. <laughs> he does. He, does. he he's... looks like a Bitcoin, like a crypto guy. But yeah, totally. Somebody uh, 
in his inner circle got him into crypto. That's the only thing I could think of for him to afford half the field. I don't, I don't get it. Well, good job, Chris. Christian Craig rode really well to go yeah. five five on the day. Uh, yeah. Rode up, you know, looked great. So, uh, yeah, Blue Crew, three tough five. He's right in it, man. He's yeah. right in that group. Um, aggressive. So yeah, Roxon fourth overall, bad crash in the second moto. Good job for Kenny to get up and yeah, everything that could go wrong for Roxon. Now, we did you see him in the in the media corral? I guess he came by, but I didn't see him. Yeah, I saw him. Oh. Uh, we had Kellen Brower and uh, our man Team Fried Tommy Tenders uh, interview him. So oh. you can check out some. Okay, but uh, no, I haven't. They haven't finished the uh, video yet, so I don't know what he said. Oh, I was gonna say, what did he say? Okay, so we don't know. Yeah, okay. um, unfortunately. Uh, Sexton told me he was going to give up training because he can go f- uh, eight four without training, so he's not going to train anymore. Uh, I'm sure he was kidding, but um, yeah, first turn f- dead last in the first turn to to uh, eighth. Good job for Chase Sexton, second moto fourth. He did lose him at the end. I think he was a little bit bummed at that. Um, yeah, Cooper Webb. Uh, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's not good. No. It's not good. He's yeah. fighting hard. He's getting starts. It looks okay. And then, dude, he is just – it is so bizarre. Yeah, he's, like, literally just not fast enough. Like, he's <laughs> just – like, there. he's holding guys up. Like, you can see when oh, Francis yeah. is behind him. It's like, dude, he's got to get around this guy. He's, you know, yeah. a second or two slower. I don't understand it. I he, do not – He almost died it. a bunch of times trying to hold off Ferrandis because he was riding over his head to hold off Dylan, you know, in first moto. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that anyone listening to this, it'd be easy for people to be like, whatever, man, he sucks outdoors. But I, it, no, there is no exact. He won the 250 title. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense that the same guys that he was beating in Supercross are now like, dude, get out of the way. You're too slow in motocross. Like the difference should not be that extreme. I don't think. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand it at all. Uh, Marvin broke a wheel, first moto, second moto. Uh, he did catch and pass Webb and dropped him a little bit, but Ian Harrison and DeCoster are probably just like, what is going on right now? They're ninth and 10th in the points. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's bizarre for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Marvin world-class right outdoors has won plenty of races God, on I, that bike against the same guys. I really thought Marvin was going to be better. Like I coop. I'm like, okay, let's see. You know what I mean? Cause he's, you yeah. know, he hasn't had a great outdoor career on the KTM. So let's see. But Marv, I'm like, no, Marv, Salt Lake, he turned it around. You know, he's fighting for a contract. Marv will be good. And he's not been good. It's very weird. I mean, is it possible? I don't think there's a lot of examples of this. But is it possible that we're, we're talking about this crazy intensity level that it's just you can't count on nine guys being able to do that? Like a couple of them jumped on the train and yeah. a couple of them did not. And they're just going so berserkowitz up front. That I mean – Marv won motos last year. You know, I mean, he won- that was right after his return. I mean, that's coming yeah. off the injury. That's yeah. he should be way better. This I mean, year than last okay, year. so if he okay, if you told me he didn't win motos this year through four rounds, but he was fourth in the points, I'd be like, yeah, totally. You know, yeah. But and how how long has say Marv and Kenny or Tomac raced each other? Like to all of a sudden have this right. gap? Well, yeah, I guess we were saying that, but we said the same thing about Tomac after the first two rounds. <laughs> I talked to I talked to DeCosta for a podcast that'll be out this week on uh, RaceRex Online, and uh, you know Roger being Roger, he's just like, we didn't do any outdoor. We should have done outdoors. We also shouldn't listen to the riders when it comes to setup. <laughs> and that was Roger, everybody. So, but he he seemed like this weekend would be better. Like this was done last week, so he seemed like this weekend would be better. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was just the same. Um, but yeah. 
And the confusing part, Steve, like you said, is Cooper is getting starts. He's he's throwing himself up there every single moto, and they swarm him on the first two laps, and yep. then they just check out. And I, I it, you're right, it's it's hard to explain. The only thing I will say is if you look at this class, Dylan wasn't out there last year. Kenny wasn't out there last year. AP was not this guy last year. You know, it's just such a weird changeover. Like, no Zach. Adams kind of hit or miss, but now all of a sudden there's like the three guys up there battling with Eli are like three brand new guys that weren't there last year. It's just, it's such a weird interchange. And I, it's really, I guess when you see one or two rounds, it's like, ah, don't judge. Like we need to see more, but now that we've seen four and everything's settling in, now I'm more confused with Cooper too, because I thought it would be better like right. in Supercross where he would wake up. But now that the pecking order is setting in, you have three guys up there that weren't even there last year. And then you have the Supercross champ getting passed back to eighth and ninth every moto. I, it's, it's, I'm so confused. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, have, I have a future headlines for you guys. You ready? Mm. Barsha better on Blue Crew or <laughs> Barsha out of Gas Gas? Oh. I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, very similar. I mean, come on. Like, wow. Well, listen, he, I mean, he. He just had, didn't have a good day at Red Bud. He didn't have. He's kind of started where he, he finished where he started, and he didn't look like he had. He was he was the last guy of that lead group, both both motos, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, not a good day. And Yamaha went three out of top five, so that's all. I'm gonna say he's not worse than he was. No, last year. no, he's not worse. No, but it's probably more similar than than expected. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it wasn't a jump. It, 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 if you looked at the numbers, he's surprisingly similar last year to this year. Where I think people expected a, an improvement. AC's got some nerve issues going on. He's pretty bummed out. He's getting arm pump, and uh, he thinks he's going to need another surgery at the end of the year to move the nerve in his elbow. Yeah, uh, he, he seemed bummed. He got so clean, worried about him. He got cleaned out by some dude, he said. He <laughs> said he was battling with some dude and gave him knuckles afterwards, and well, he had a bent-up bike after that after that crash and in the first moto he just got shuffled back so or second moto I should say no first moto got shuffled back um yeah not a not a great day for Adam but he did show up for interviews Weech. so that 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 part's good Daniel you said you listened to um to his uh, post race interview with Steve yeah I listened and then my phone was acting goofy I had bad service but oh. I that's all I heard on the post race was him and then all of a sudden you what you said something to Cade and my phone cut out so oh that's he all just I got seemed was so Ace bummed Day. yeah Didn't he sounds so bummed yeah well, and that's what it's got okay so I'm honestly like a little nervous for him just with his body and everything he's been through this is going on like for a long time dude this isn't like the last two years we're talking six to eight years of abuse for his body yeah. And he sounds defeated, like as in, like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. And that's I don't like hearing that because the the mood tells me not that he's giving up, but that he's like giving up hope. And, yeah, maybe you got to go in and have another surgery and find a way to clean up something you thought was cleaned up before. And maybe you'll feel but I just it's a deflating sound coming out of him. And he's usually optimistic and positive, even when things are bad. So I to me, I'm just worried that it's like sucking the life out of him a little bit because he has no answers. And that sucks as a racer when you work your ass off and you have no answer for a problem that you don't even really understand what it is. And I just, I feel for him. That's it just, it, it hurts to hear him that deflated because he's not that guy normally. It's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? So. Well, and I mean, just think the future even, I mean, he's now 
Cowie's, I mean, Cowie's pretty much saying, oh, we're going to let Eli go. We're going to put the keys uh, in your hands. Like, you're you're the next guy for us. And there's probably a little bit of that pressure, too. I mean, he, I don't think he's overwhelmed by that thought. But I would say from the outside looking in, the, the idea is he's supposed to be the next guy. So you should be up there being the next guy now. And he's he's not. He's got problems that are holding him back. And that just yeah. sucks. I, I, he's just deflated. Yeah. Not great. Um, Savachi, ninth overall, heart raft, start practiced well, qualified well, top 10 overall, you know, good job for, for heart raft. He needed that man. 11, 13 on the day for 10th overall. Good job. Heart raft. It was notable. Yeah. And, uh, qualifying seeing as, uh, I think at one point I saw him in eighth, um, in qualifying yep. and I mean, you have not seen his name on any qualifying board. No. Has doors to, are out. Has to feel good to beat Mad Max, you know, too. Uh, a Max beat him in a second moto, but still, you know, um, just to be top guy, top RM Army. I, uh, yeah. Chris Wheeler from Suzuki, um, he had flight problems and landed in Chicago at like 2 in the morning and then Ubered to the track because his rental car was at O'Hare and it was closed. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't anything to make Weege freak out for the cost. Uh, all right, all right. But then he needed a ride back to O'Hare. So then I said, I'd, I'll give you a ride. Like, if you can't find one, you know? And so he, I, we were in a car for two hours. And I got some glorious Suzuki stories. Uh, uh, it's just so good. So much. Uh, uh, so much that I can't talk about. But, but just <laughs> terrific RM Army inner workings. So. Uh, are they coming back? We, we... <laughs> I don't think so, Each. Oh, all right. It was... uh, but I told him. I, I've, I, I said, dude, he said that some people at Suzuki aren't stoked on the results. And I said, oh. bro, what do you want? What, 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 what do you got? What do you want? And, and he goes, I know. I know. Chris gets it. Chris is a former racer. Oh, like, like uh, Daniel and JT? Right, right. <laughs> he gets it. He gets right. it. Uh, so, but good job for Hart Raff. Cody Shock, man. Dude's good. Shocked the world. He's Shocked good. the world, dude. Yep. He is really good. He, you know what? His fitness is great. He doesn't. He hammers all moto almost every time when I watch him. He's going forward at the end. Like he's not. He's not. He doesn't have AC speed, obviously. But he, dude, the guy. The guy goes all moto. Really, really, really good job for him and Michael Lindsay and the team. Eleventh overall. I can I throw a question to both you guys? You in the years past, you've seen a Norin or a John Shore, like these guys that will just have these great summers, right? Where they're like Gavin Grayson. Yeah. What, where it's just like, wow, it's like his summer, but then it's usually doesn't match indoors. So it's like, Oh, he was a 450 outdoor guy and good summer, but who really cares? Cause you can't do it in and out. Shock's pretty dang good indoor too. And I know it's, he's still early in that part of his career, but He's kind of got like the the loose pieces of the total package. Like he's an actually really good, well-rounded indoor and outdoor rider. So I'm I'm kind of curiously watching what's going to happen with him over the next year or two because it's not like he's not a one-trick pony. He, he's pretty good at both. So I and and he's young and still pretty early in this thing. So I'm pretty intrigued by him. If, if I'm being honest, you guys are you feeling any of that or is this well? He's he's in, outdoor. He's improved in indoors a ton since Salt yeah. Lake 2020. When he yeah, could barely yeah, like get, it, yeah. Oh, when he was scary. Yeah. No, yeah. No, but <laughs> this year didn't he kind of look? I mean, Daytona. He good. ran like top. I know Daytona's kind of hybridish, but here he just seems yeah. like that side's here, coming around. Here's and the problem. Here's the problem, Daniel. Is, and you're right. We've seen some great 450 outdoor 
rides over the years from different dudes with very little backing. Or not very little backing, but just B teams or whatever. Those dudes never get hired. Like they, 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 I just said Gavin Grasick. He got hired by JGR. Okay, but... Actually, wait. If we take JGR out of the fold, yeah, you can also hire uh, Cody Cooper. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not counting that. JGR hires every one of those guys. Right, right. Freddie. Uh, Cody Stock. <laughs> Freddie. Hey, and John, John, Short, John Short with the Bar X. He just... He yeah. JGR wasn't around for him this year. Cody oh, Cooper. Cody Gavin Grasick. He's waiting for J-Bone to ring him. <laughs> Okay, if we take away JGR, who hires all these guys, what guys get on factory teams? Right. It's a great I, I know, and that, that's what I'm curious about, because that path barely exists where you can kind of work your way into that. You don't see it often. So I'm wondering if he – I mean, dude, what do you get, 11th overall? If he keeps knocking down on the top 10, and then, again, maybe next year he comes back to the same team in Supercross, a legit top 10 guy, gets a couple top fives. I'm just curious of when someone's going to go, hey, I think this guy might be able to do all of it on a factory bike. I- I'm just yeah, – he's, he's teasing is what I'm saying. He's teasing yeah, everybody I, right now. I go, back to, I go back to Ryan Huffman too. Ryan Huffman had a great 97 season in the 250 class, indoors and out, and and then got hired by Primal to ride a 125 Suzuki and never adapted. You yeah. know? So I don't know. Yeah, great points, Daniel, and, and he's, he's crushing curious. it. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm curious and intrigued. That's all. Okay. Um, Bogle had a bad day. Dino had a bad day. Dino crashed out, and uh, um, Bogle didn't have a great day. I don't know what happened to Anstein Moto One. Do you guys know? Did he break or crash? Um, he, on the side he, of the was track. A little, he was a little coy, I think, on how it went. He just said the day was going pear shaped. I think there were some bike problems. Oh, I have to talk to Lewis. Okay, or Wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> no, Lewis. Lewis. Uh, yeah, you didn't have a two-hour drive to figure out what happened the first time. <laughs> you know what? It's a good point. I never actually brought up. <laughs> Did you not ask? I didn't ask. I should have. Yeah, there was a lot of other, a lot of troll train talk, a lot of JGR talk, some RC talk. Troll train talk still. Oh yeah, come on, oh, come on. Um, Get the band back together. Right. Uh, Anstey, not not a good day. Bogle, not a good day. Uh, Marvin broke a wheel in the first moto and then got a seventh. Kay Clayson told me to not pick him for fantasy. Said, "Don't pick me." Uh, and I didn't, and he was the top scoring rider. Yeah. Thanks, Cade. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, ben LeMay finally got some points. Good job for Ben LeMay. What's that, Weege? How'd Phil, how'd Phil do? Weege? Uh, I think we got problems. We got problems, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got problems. I think, I think Phil's banged up. Hurt his knee like, in practice. Uh, did something to his knee in practice. Wish he would have told me that before I picked him in fantasy. He didn't. And then I uh, was running like 12th or 14th in Moto One, and just pulled off, twisted it, and he doesn't. That's what I was curious. And, and it doesn't sound good. No. The, no. the 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 plane has crashed into the mountain, as they said in Lebowski, for yeah. Phil's season. So yeah, uh, Steve, you uh, you no showed. We were hanging out with Phil on Friday night. He, uh, he even made reservations at a restaurant just for you, and you uh, no showed. That's what you do. I had flight problems. I didn't get into Chicago. I didn't get to my hotel room till nine o'clock. Yeah. Uh, on Friday. So what's funny is I got stuck at the track doing extra stuff. Surprise, surprise. Being being the Daniel Blair of motocross. Right. Talking, <laughs> yeah. walking and talking. Dude, and then, and you're, then, you're all day, dude. All weekend, nonstop. It's yeah, ridiculous. Can you imagine? What would that be like, Daniel? What would that feel like? <laughs> well, you, but you didn't. How do you feel at the end of the day? You didn't do the concessions <laughs> yeah. and stuff like Daniel, though. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I didn't sweep the stance. Um, so I was stuck at the track, and then um, – 
I wanted to, we had a bunch of Racer X guys who literally have like never met in person because people didn't go to races last year. So a lot of our newer guys, I'm like, we're all going to hang out. And then I'm like, even better, Phil wants to hang out. And Mathis, we're all going to be together. And then I'm stuck at the track. Steve says he's late. And I'm like, okay, you guys got to go to this restaurant and you've never met Phil. But uh, he'll be there waiting for you, three strangers, <laughs> to have dinner with him. Uh, but luckily, our buddy Christina Denny showed up also to, I don't know, maybe break the ice. I don't know. Oh, you? Uh, I, I thought there, you like, showed up. Yeah, like 45 minutes later. Oh, shit. Okay. So right. I don't know what the Phil ice-breaking small talk with three strangers at dinner was like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you guys <laughs> getting screwed over by Racer X like me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I picked up the tab, so Phil, I don't want to hear it. Right. I've got Race the best. Rex paid. <laughs> I got the best Phil story. I'm going to save it for the pulp show for his call tomorrow. But it's an, it, <laughs> it involves his cheapness. I got the best story. Hopefully, he's not going to be too grouchy and upset and sad to tell us more about it. Um, but stay tuned. Um, Ryan Surratt was good again too. Good job, Ryan Surratt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, oh, and A Ray. A Ray had a bad day. A Ray broke his bike. Broke a wheel. Off the he leaf. tried to jump Larocco's leaf. Yeah, yeah he, he went for the leaf. I saw it on Yeah, his yeah. Not even close. <laughs> then he blew Why up his... Why does he do these things? I don't know. Because he, he's A-Ray, man. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I broke a wheel. I'm like, don't even tell me you did it at Larocco's leaf. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Why? He's just going to A-Ray. He can't help it. <laughs> he can't. He no. can't help it. Um, I was I was thinking, and I give you a lot of the credit for this, Steve. I hate to say those words. The, the post race interaction that the riders have it is so incredibly raw and unfiltered. Like I was shooting one of my hundred <laughs> Daniel Blair style shows, right. and uh, I'm talking to Anstey and Hartraft, and then a rental car slides up, and it's A Ray, and he's like, "Oh, what's up?" And then like Anstey comes over, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I ran over your legs when you crashed." And A Ray's like, "It's my fault. I'm sketchy." <laughs> and then they shared notes about. Both casing Larocco's leap and blowing out wheels, and then they made fun of Hartraff for not speaking. And I'm and I got the camera rolling the whole time. And I'm like, what other sport yeah. is giving you this? Seriously, you don't. Is the NFL? Those post game interviews are atrociously bad. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I think NASCAR does not scripted. have this. Yes, just got to give it up to the team. Got to play as a team. You know, next man up. Dude, I've heard from guys that the NASCAR drivers are like the biggest assholes. Like they're so rich, they <laughs> they have handlers, and like they do not have personalities. I mean, obviously Dale Jr. You know, seems like a good guy. He's retired now, but I've yeah. heard. I mean, I was just around a NASCAR team. You know, not that long ago at their shop, uh, mm -hmm. doing a show, and, and you know, I spoke to a gentleman there, and mm. yeah, they're just like, dude, these guys are just. They don't have any personality. No, nobody likes these guys anymore. As far as fans, it, do you yeah, agree with that? I feel like we're really getting. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think they're all like kind of anonymous, right? And I mean, it, all the way down, like from you know, Sincerlo's great. It, it's not like when you interview Roxon or even Sexton, like Sexton saying, "I might as well not train if I'm going to go eight four. Yeah, like I just feel like you're getting such incredibly just raw, not corporate, just dudes talking about dirt bikes. I, I, it's so far removed from where it used to be. How do it I get credit for suck. that? How do I get credit for that, though? I okay. I, I feel like I've told you this before. I think you took you used to hang out with these guys not as a media guy. I remember when you first became pulp, you talking to Chad Reed on Trackwalk, where all other media guys, including myself, were like, "That's Chad Reed, dude. You can't do that." And you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." You, you you're said like this kicking before. him in the right. balls. Right. And Chad Reed is telling you crazy theories on things. And you're like, "No, nah, 
No, that's ridiculous, Chad. That's ridiculous. And we're like, oh my God, this guy's saying this to Chad Reed? But you had probably spoken to Reed like that for seven years. Yeah, yeah. On the yeah. bumper of right. the semi. Right. So, and then I think eventually that just becomes the norm for everybody. Well, the previous guys are like that, and I guess I'm like that, and then the guys that come after him are like that. I just, it is shocking after these races how unguarded. Right. And their PR people are standing right there, and they don't care if they use F-bombs, say they sucked, say we're working on the bike. Like, yeah. It's amazing. I do think it's I was the first, better. I, I think I was the first guy to run around with a microphone after the races and get that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Daniel, you host press conferences, for example, amongst many, many, many other things. Like, don't you feel like the guys are pretty unguarded these days? They've gotten way better. And I'll give you a couple things, Steve, to back up your point on the NASCAR guys. I did an interview with Jamie Little recently, and she said, like, they're way harder. Like, as far as difficult getting the interviews, getting the info you want, it's like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. Where the Supercross guys are, have always been at least more willing to talk. And even Jenny Taft told me, like, the reason she loved Supercross so much and why she, I think she stuck around as long as she did was the access. She said, "These I get more access from these guys than I do in college football or World Cup. Yeah. Like, these guys are willing to – maybe they're not the most radiant personalities, but they're willing. And as far as, like, the mood shift, I, to me, it's like AC, AP. We've all kind of been pretty aggressive about saying how cool they are. We wish everyone was like them. And it's almost like even the generation above them has gotten the hint, like, be more like them. You don't have to be them, but just come, just be even, similar. Even Web, Web's opened up a lot, Daniel. Big time. They're, yeah. they're all, like, getting the hint that we all like them better and talk better about them if they're cooler. So it's almost like they're just, they just got the hint, and now the next generation, hopefully, is seeing that, and they're going to go, okay, we're going to be, we're going to be like AP and wow. just be complete crazy on the podium, and and Jets, obviously, it's like the guys that are getting the love from the media are the ones who are the cool ones. And I think everyone's starting to get it. I, yeah, you're right. And, but, of course, the, the rebound is there with some guys saying, oh, that guy's fake or whatever. You know what I mean? You get that a little bit, too. I get whispers yeah. of that from guys. But, I mean, like, whatever, man. You know? So, I mean, and you, to your point, Daniel, too, like, I mean, Levi Kitchen on Never Met the Kid, you know, like two months ago was like, lick my balls to me on dm and i'm like what like i don't know what we were talking about i'm like i like this kid like he, he he's just telling me I don't, like i, like, I don't even think you said anything really bad about him but he still like had to tell you to lick his ball yeah and i don't even think you went at him that hard on I, anything i don't think i did either but he was you may, you may have said that you don't know who he is and maybe that i don't know man but, but like i'm just like wow this kid's got a personality you know so i love it yeah i love it um all right fly racing and flyracing.com go to your favorite uh, dealer or e-tailer like motorsport.com and uh, ask to see the latest and greatest in fly racing uh evan blair fly racing zone that's right that's yep. right got uh wearing the mesh gear just staying cool at hangtown today nice. hangtown weed it's looking good and just a little update for everyone who is curious uh-huh. um they've lifted all the restrictions there it's because you, know, you know we had to like do a lot of weird stuff to even ride there it's wide open. Yesterday was the biggest turnout I've seen in a year and a half, no question. It looks like Hangtown's coming around, so I think we should be good there. There was some, yeah, there was some worry for Hangtown. That's why it's at the end of the schedule, right? So, um, yeah, looking good though. Well, uh, did he have it on the right side, uh, forward facing? He did. I okay. made sure of that. Thank you. Um, All right. Yep. 
Uh, so Fly Racing, please check them out on the web. Kinetic Mesh now. It's uh, fantastic stuff. Real, real cool. Even Weege vouches for it, although he doesn't know it's called Kinetic Mesh Line. He does know how cool it is uh, to wear uh, while you dirt bike ride. So It is literally cool. Like Literally, the venting is, yeah. is noticeable. Yes. Uh, thank you to folks at Renthal, of course. Thank you to uh, uh, Max's Tires, Coba Links, and also the guys at Motorsport.com, all on board with this podcast, of course, as well. Uh, thank you to Arma. Uh, Pulpamex 20 is the code to say with Arma. Uh, please go there. Get some uh, Hydrate stuff. Uh, it's now called Hydrate. Uh, the new line is it's, uh, it's um, a little bit different than the Blitz, a little more calorie-friendly than the Blitz was. And they got Fire, too, as well, a stimulant you can take while you ride. I mix the Hydrate and the uh, Fire in a water bottle when I go mountain biking to uh, get, get me some stimulant and also uh, for, re- for hydration. So thanks to Arma. Use the code Pulpamex 20 to save with those guys. And, of course, Weege, if I need to know where to go to ride said mountain bike. Yeah, I'd highly recommend this to you, Steve. And uh, I had five days of glory here uh, sandwiched around a race where I got to become a mountain biker again because uh, my family was out of town for a few days. So uh, Onyx Maps is the way to do it. We're up to 500,000-plus miles of map trails. You can download them in your phone. So if you're riding, whether it's a dirt bike or a mountain bike or whatever it is, you don't need to have cell service to be able to follow trails. And you can leave waypoints and notes, and you can read other people's notes about things. So go to uh, onxmaps.com or onxoffroad in the App Store and uh, get it. I mean, look, somebody's doing something, be it on a bicycle or a dirt bike or whatever, this summer. So take advantage. And also, can I throw in a shout-out for Racer X? We have a magazine. We write stories in there that um, you don't just read on the website. You can read them on the website if you subscribe, though. Davey Coombs, remember that guy? Wrote a story about Eli Tomac and other, you know, high-profile guys leaving teams and how that went. You know, sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it goes horribly. It seems like we've had a little bit of both on Eli's summer already. So uh, check that out in the latest issue. Again, you could read it right now online if you pay your money and subscribe. And uh, what link should I tell people to use if they want to subscribe to the magazine? Pulpamex link. This is the Steve Mathis show on Racer X. Yeah. For you know, I get the publicity for you this. You guys need to catch up to me anyway, so you guys can have it. Wow. What a giver, this Daniel Blair. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for don't you, get, don't you get underwear? Don't you get some free underwear, or is that over? That is true. No, we do have uh, free underwear, which, I mean, is for some strange reason. Um, this Ethica underwear that we give away at the booth and we give away with a subscription, um, it's unbelievably popular. I would have never guessed that underwear is what the people have been asking for. They gave away underwear at Loretta's last year. They had the Loretta's track map on it. Mm-hmm. And we almost had a riot at the Racer X booth because people wanted this underwear with the track map so bad. I <laughs> kid you not. Wow. Who knew? Underwear. It's where it's at. Well, get some Thank by you. subscribing okay. to Racer X, please, everybody. Yep. Um, all right. 250s from Redbud. Um, Daniel's got a 4th of July thing to go. So let's let's zoom through this So before he blacks out um, uh, later. Yeah, on. hold on. You guys ready to hear that? Yeah, I got something for you. you yep. Ready? Yep. Oh boy! Oh, we did. That's the sound of an ice cold Red Bull cracking. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a Red Bull. I'm getting ready to drink a Red Bull. That's that's <laughs> what. Yep. Uh, but heavy. RJ Hampshire goes two two, wins the overall, <laughs> crashes three times, uh, kept going. He's just like a Terminator. He can't be stopped. Terrific ride by RJ Hampshire, man. Yeah. Well, we've been joking on this show that like, hey man, RJ, if he could just cut out the mistakes, he could win. Apparently it was the other way. Just continue just, to make just keep going go even faster. Right, right. Uh, unbelievable, man. Great, great work. His first moto, like just coming up like that and just stalking everybody and moving through them and grabbing the lead. Like Jesus. 
Yes, the 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 other elite guys in that class. I don't want to say the elite guys because he is one of them. But the other ones, be it Justin Cooper or the Lawrence brothers, for example, they were powerless to stop him. Yeah, like he was going to win or lose the race on his own. They had they could do nothing with him. It no. was amazing. Great, great work. Yeah, really good. And 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 just you know, a couple the next race after a chain, you know, stole a moto win from him. Uh, so yeah, good work for RJ. And he was super sick, he said. Uh, he On Wednesday, he said he was in horrible condition. Um, he said Doc G really helped. I don't know. I thought Doc G did, like, injuries. So he helped with an illness as well. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you heard Hampshire in his interviews there at the end of the race. It was, like, a yeah. combination of, like, tears and, like, strep throat all combined. Yeah. Yeah, good work for RJ Hampshire. Daniel? He is a pleasure to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching him. And I'm literally like my heart rate goes up just watching him because it is full commitment. Everything he has every second, no matter what. And then he goes down. I'm thinking, all right, he'll just like, you know, he'll just ride this one out. Nope. Right back to it. Right back to it. And then he almost gets him on the last lap, almost gets a jet. And I just, I, I admired the ride, but at the same time, I'm thinking, like, what are his close friends and family thinking when they watch this? Are they terrified? Because honestly, it's, it's no. on the border. It's on the border of I'm scared, and I'm so excited to watch him ride because it's it, it's it's all in. And when it does work, sorta, it works. And he, I, I don't think they're scared. I think that's just the R.J. Hampshire experience. They're just used to it. Yeah, like decades of this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. But it, when it works, it's awesome. And you got to think. Sandier track. Um, he was good there last year. Did he win one of those last year? Did he win one? Yeah. Or win a moto? Yeah, he won so, one, 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 one. He won great uh, there. overall Redbud, actually. Yep. One yeah, of the great buds. there. Yeah. He's going to be probably good at Southwick. He's going to probably be good at Millville. We're talking these Sandier. Uh, th- dude, it might be a, a little RJ run. I'm not saying winning, but we might see a lot of fun stuff over the next couple races because he's in his wheelhouse. Like man. He loves those types of tracks, man. You give him, you know, give him 40 points from – well, I mean, you know, you give him those 25 from the win and then give him, you know, whatever, uh, uh, 15 more from Thunder Valley, second moto. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's right there in second, near, near second place. But um, I had a top 450 guy telling me about how Sandy he is. Oh. And they're like, I don't – I think he just flies into corners and he hopes there's traction there. And if there, <laughs> and if there is, like. his corner speed's unbelievable, but there ain't always traction when he goes in. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, his two falls in the first moto were the exact same thing, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like he just buried the front end and was down. And then, yeah, the second moto, too, I, I'm thinking 2 1, check out. And then all of a sudden, we, you're like, where is he? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. where is he? And then we there never he saw is. him. You never saw him, but yeah. it was like, I'm assuming it was the exact same thing because you're right. He throws it into the corner thinking it's going to hold up no matter what. And it doesn't always hold up. And he don't seem to care. Right. Uh, Good job for RJ Hampshire. Justin Cooper, 4-1, second overall. Uh, great second moto for Justin Cooper. One of those ones that, you know, um, we've been waiting for for him. Uh, he was great. Um, and uh, first moto, he fell, which uh, he fell, right? Yeah. He yeah. Finished yeah. Finish line jump. Finish line jump. Right. First lap. Right. Yeah. So who knows? Yep. He's got to clean those first motos up, though. Mm-hmm. This is a trend. It's the first moto is goofy. Second moto, he seems to be pissed off and comes out and wins. But if, I think if he wants to win the title, I mean, there's a long way to go. But he's got to clean up moto one. It's this oh. is it's been the whole summer like this. Jet Lawrence, generational. 
Daniel? You want we're doing it now, or do you want wait for JT to be involved in this? Because I'm I'm ready for the talk. Well, I'm ready for it. We'll save it. I believe you said pulp show. This is going to be a pulp show special edition. Yeah, look, I threw out something extremely obvious that you guys just have a major problem with for some reason. I think it's now I've proven my point, but it's just the heels are dug in. You and JT both. And I feel like you're just fighting me just to fight me. And I've I've now gone in like a lawyer and gotten evidence and I'm ready to bring it um, to you and JT. So whenever you guys are ready, let's do it. Well, dead last generational generational dead last to sixth. Uh, good job. It's third overall. That's how you salvage. Uh, I told him after the race. That's how you. That's how you win championships. You know. Somehow he got third overall. Uh, he lost four points on the day, and he was. And he was. He was. was good job, Jet Lawrence. Rode really well. Gener- generational maturity on display. That's all. This weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, how hey, do- hey, how about hold on? How about, okay. how about his first moto interview, Weege? Oh yeah. He 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 was saucy. Yeah, about the bike. Yeah, the bike. Well, I was like, whoa, whoa, dude. Yeah, yeah, he could not I mean, go any faster. Um, yeah, he pretty much said as nicely as possible, my bike sucks. That's that's what I got from that first interview. I was like, wow, Jed, okay. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, he was gnarly. Um, yeah, because uh, Langston was theorizing that, and we have seen quite a bit of, dare I say, generational maturity from Jet all year. Uh, so Langston's theory was that I think you know he's just going as fast as he needs to go. But then it turned out, apparently with the bike setup problems, that he couldn't go any faster. And he was powerless, again, to stop RJ if RJ didn't crash. Uh, I mean, Hunter, Hunter complained about the bike, too, on the podium. He did. Just not he did. as bad, but he, he said the same stuff, pretty much. So I don't know. That was, yep. I was caught off guard, that's all. Yeah, I had a retired rider up in the bouncer's tower tell me that that wasn't cool for Jet to say that. And I'm <laughs> like, ah. You know, whatever. I don't feel like it was that bad. Like, I get it. Like, you know, but, you know, whatever. I'm shocked the two brothers in Australia are just completely just say whatever's on their mind. I'm shocked. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Hunter had a good day, 3-4. Uh, he went down also um, in one of the motos, but that's still good. J-Mart? J-Mart's back? Third in the second moto? J-Mart's just back. Dude. Pretty solid. <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He told me he was mad. He rolled out, you know, for practice, and uh, he said he was mad because his goal, he's like, hey, nothing is secret these days now, right? He's like, I was just going to come out for this practice, and I just wanted everybody to be like, what? And he's like, and the team puts it on Instagram on Thursday. I could have done it. It would have been like the only held secret. So he, <laughs> it would have been, been pretty crazy, i got to say, the reaction. I almost wish it had turned out that way. Yeah. I don't like, know. wait, you're just here? You're just, what? You're going to do practice? If if I talk to him, I'm going to tell him, just go get fixed, man. What are you doing? He needs a ride. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the dealership. I mean, hold on. He's just going to end up back there, right? Is there, is, you got to figure. I don't see any else? reason. Yeah. Like what Bobby Ray want to be like, all, all of a sudden get shy with his money and be like, oh, I don't want J-Mart. Like, no. I, I don't understand. He won his first heat of the Supercross season. And he won three of the first four outdoor motos, and and he there's an actual realistic thought that he wouldn't just go right back to star. Uh, I know. I hope yeah, he doesn't. Where are you getting better odds of winning races or titles yeah. next year? Like who else can right. you? Who, who has a better chance? Right. Troll train. Besides troll train, his brother. Okay. Oh, he's back too. Yeah, he's, he's coming. Star. Back. Yeah, he's already riding. He's riding. Twenty six days, dude. Um, <laughs> animals. I, I'm pumped for it. I actually like it. Like. 
the I'm done for the season thing has become the way it's done these days. And, dude, he didn't ride horrible. So no, he, and he'll just get he better. Up, he'll just get better. Yeah, I mean, what if he ends up winning two, three races or something while he works through this but, just but, by being in the right place? But I feel, like, I feel like his Supercross 22 will be a, a, in jeopardy because he's not getting fixed. I mean, I mean, maybe they've done the that's math. That's what I was. I was thinking about this. Maybe they've done the math with the injuries and said, "Look, you're not going to need a full fix up after the season. Time will do it. So if you can handle it, just go tough it out and go win a couple more races and then ride to the then ride to the east. You know, yeah, and then yeah. and then just maybe take a little extra time letting the body heal up. I I guess the only argument to that I would have if I was part of his inner circle is. If you're right, there's damage. no Jmart inner circle. There is oh, no Jmart inner circle. <laughs> it's just Jmart. <laughs> he's, he's his own inner circle. Hundred percent, right, Weech? Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay, there's so, no so, there's no Jmart inner circle. Nobody. He doesn't like anybody. He doesn't talk to anybody. No. Then if he has two, a devil and an angel on his okay. shoulder, because there's got to be some kind of debate going on in his own head. I would say you're just putting yourself in jeopardy for more injuries by compensating or maybe you know what i mean I, that's the only thing is like maybe you're going to set yourself up for more problems because you're not really physically all the way there but i would think that supercross should be okay like they figured out that he's going to just need some time after the season right. and not like a full rebuild or something well five three with probably not feeling great is going to just get better oh yeah so Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, the Red Bud Review. Thank you to the folks at motorsport.com. Uh, free shipping on anything over $79. So go there and order some OEM parts, order some aftermarket parts. They got a real cool video series coming out soon, too. Motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com. Place an order to the guys at Motorsport and help me out and help us out. And uh, we'll keep bringing you these shows. So uh, great uh, customer service. The gearheads there are waiting to talk to you and help you make your order the best it can be. Motorsport.com. Also, thanks to the folks at Cobolinks. For 25 years, Cobolinks has been up there in Boise, Idaho, making lowering links for all sorts of bikes from Aprilia to Yamaha, used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours. Like the first link, each one is still made in Idaho. Uh, and for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities, increase your plushness, improve your cornering, gain confidence by having a lower center of gravity, which is what these do. So if you're a shorter guy or your wife or girlfriend wants to, to shorten their bike up a little bit then able to give them a little bit more confidence, use Cobolinks. Get 15% off any link and free shipping by using the code PULPMX, Cobolinks.com, built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. All right, back to the show. Schmoda, sixth. Uh, good job again for Schmoda. Will Hahn effect comes in for Pierce Brown. The Will Hahn effect comes in hot. 28 points, his best ride of the year. You know, and I'm talking to Tyler Keefe about it. You know, definitely Barsha's a, needs a training buddy and a man friend. So that 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 that's what Will's going to do over there. But the, the Will really need like Tyler Keefe really wants Will to work with Pierce Brown and you know fix that fix that situation. And dude, I mean, obviously, look, it's only been a couple weeks, but that's an improvement from Pierce Brown right there, seven seven. So I don't even know was Wilbur there in his new job? Yeah. Oh. I, I walked past her a couple times. Just didn't no, yeah, he, he had the team shirt, everything. He won the flip-off battle for me. Uh, it really pissed me off. <laughs> he was right on form. Um, oh, Styles Robertson ran up front both motos, and he went backwards, but he he you know with withstood the damage. Twelve eight. That's a that's a start for Styles Robertson. It's a good job. Oh yeah, yeah. It looked good. I mean, no it looked good too. Yep. On yeah. Screen. Yep. They need, looked really good. You got to figure those kids in that situation. Like they just need something yes. to like. Build on. Right. Uh, Max Volan, ninth. Uh, didn't notice much about Max. Maximus kind of rode around there, both motos. 
Uh, Jaleek yep. Swole didn't have a good day. I think he went down in one of the motos. Uh, March Banks went down in the first moto and was way, way back. And then his visor was straight up. Um, and then he rode pretty well to get the 14th. His visor was pointed straight up. So uh, Levi Kitchen, speaking of Levi Kitchen, uh, 919 went down in the second moto. That That's fine. Like, obviously, look, the 19th isn't amazing, but he crashed. Um, and it was probably, you know, a lot for him for the first race. But ninth in the first moto, good job, Levi Kitchen. Yeah, he was in the battle, too. He had to work his way forward a little bit. I thought it was yep. solid. And we finally saw, uh, speaking of Levi Kitchen, Nate Thrasher, very similar. We finally saw something outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they were 12th and 13th overall. Yep, and Fry didn't see much. I think Fry even had a start in one of the motos, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah. I think he did. 16, second 17. Second moto, I think. Um, oh, man. Jared Fry. Yeah, second moto. He was 8th. After lap one. Any uh, uh, any talks about Jarrett Fry and your two hour drive to Chicago, Steve? N- no, actually no, no, oh, okay. no. Just curious. Uh, Dylan Schwartz fell in the second moto though. I, I did get the Dylan Schwartz scoop, so he was ninth in the second moto when he fell. So that would have been a pretty good finish for him. Mosman had a terrible day, uh, crashes in both motos, and I had him on my fantasy team. That's not great. Uh, yeah. So Michael Mosman has had. Two really bad races um, in a row. Good job, Will Hahn. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, Nichols had a bike problem, I think, in one moto. Forkner, props to oh. Forkner for showing up uh, in the media thing. It's not going well for Austin Forkner. You know, I saw a video I showed you guys last week. I caught a video of him trying to do a triple at high point, like on the first lap of one of the motos, and then he almost landed on, I don't know if it was Swole. I think it was Swole, maybe, or you could tell it was one of the Rockstar Husky guys, and he goes down, and then he almost ends his season trying to jump LaRocco's leap. You actually saw it in person, right, Steve? Not yeah. even close. Yeah, right? not even close. No. So bad. And I'm just like, dude, you are trying to dig yourself out of a hole. Like, why would you put your season on the line with doing things like this? Like, you just need something, like a foundation to build on and, and these risks. And I guess that's been the Fortner story forever. So maybe I shouldn't be as surprised, but I'm just like, man, just I, second lap, I'm just going to try it. I don't know who I heard this from. I forget, but it was somebody like it wasn't a YouTube guy. It was like somebody smart. <laughs> they said Cowie's going to go have another truck next year, and they're going to have three guys. They're going to have hospitality truck, and then three guys in the main truck, and one of the guys is going to be Forkner. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like, hold on. Four fifty? Yeah. I'm like, wait. Like, he's got eligibility I, in two fifty class, and he hasn't won anything. Like, why would you? Yeah. Why would he move up? Why would they I, want him to move up? Why, okay, would, they buy, so why would they buy a truck? I, the, the, the mind boggles at this. This, this. I, I did hear that his contract was built to go for 50 whenever Eli maybe was done or whatever, and that him leaving is kind of forcing. I, I heard there's. I heard it's just kind of complicated with him, and there is a some kind of a something there where the maybe the family is like, look, the contract says 450. You guys better make it happen. Wow. So I, I don't I don't I don't understand a lot of what's going on over there, and that would be just another because I, I heard that was all done. He was going to stay two fifty. They moved on, whatever. But now you're saying this, and that adds another. Level I don't know, but of confusion the, over there. I think I he know. did have a four fifty contract, but you can't. Him and the family and everybody are smart enough to be like it's not time yet. I, I would hope to God they are thinking that. Like that that's, should be the reasonable take here. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but you you get you get blinded when you're too close to it, and you you look at the wrong variables. And if you're Austin, you're thinking, okay, my childhood rival Chase Sexton, 
has won two Supercross championships indoors and is now a 450 outdoor guy full-time and, and badass at it. And I'm in the 250 class, you know, having these whatever. So if you're too close to it, sometimes you don't realize that there's some problems that need to maybe be ironed out. And they're probably just thinking, oh, we just need to get off this 250. Like, if we're just, we're past that or something, and we need to get on a 450. And I'm with you guys, like, no, no. Yeah. Like, you got to clean it up, man. It's, it, guess, you're not, I'm, you're not, there. You're I, not he, there. He's missed two years of outdoors. You know, uh, I guess that just is, you just lose. You just maybe, not, I'm not saying everybody, but you just lose it. You know, you just lose the outdoor aggression. You lose the outdoor speed. Because I felt like his Supercross speed, although not as dominant as a couple of years ago, was still kind of there. Um, yeah, still elite. He's in yeah, that elite yes, group. Yes, but he is not anywhere near being where he was outdoors, and it's been two well, years of missed outdoors. So maybe that, that's But it. that's the thing is, Weed, you just said it. He's doing like these crazy things that are so unnecessary for what he should be doing. If you've been gone from outdoor that long, you got to remember this sport, like, Time happens qu- quick. People forget what happened a month ago. All you got to do is go and stack a bunch of six, seven, eights for the first half of the season, build the base back up, and then go ham the second half and maybe win a couple or a couple of podiums, and everyone forgets about the first half. So I just don't understand why the method isn't just build the first half, then start sending it off Larocco's leap. And I mean, why are you trying to do that when the base ain't built and you're and it's a mess? It's it's a mess right now. So why are you it, trying to do that stuff to fix it? That's not going to fix it. If I'm Forkner, uh, I know he's been working with Robbie Renard for a number of years in Oklahoma. I, I'm out of there. I'm ju- I'm just I just need a whole fresh start. I'm going somewhere. Uh, you know, I'm doing what a Bogle did. I'm doing what other guys have done. Osborne and these guys. You know, just change. I'm changing everything. Uh, Hampshire. Hampshire fired everybody a few years ago, uh, trainer, uh, practice bike guy, agent, and just started fresh, you know. Uh, um, I think that's what I'm doing if I'm Faulkner. I'm just – and it's not to blame anybody, but I'm just – I need a, a reset. So yeah, I'm with you. I was thinking, like, maybe he just needs to be like, you know what, I'm just California guy for a year or two. Right. He's going to be yep. California guy. Yep. Something, and just, Mitch, like Mitch, where are we going? Where, what, what, what am I doing? What, you know, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he hurt his thumb when he crashed, and he's like, "I got X-rays. It was negative." But I'm thinking to myself, "Dude, if he breaks his thumb on the Rocco's leap, like, can you imagine how bad that'd be? Like, oh, he's out again. Yeah. Season's done again. Yeah, for like the fifth straight from, time. from something unnecessary too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Which, he's, unfortunately, he's to some be... of the previous incidents were like that. He's yep. trying to be troll train and and jump the leap, <laughs> and that's what happens. And, and didn't have the power of the Suzuki. Right. Thank you. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of insane rumors. Speaking of insane rumors in the pits wow. this weekend, yeah, someone's like, "Hey, man, Butler Brothers is going to Suzuki next year," and I'm like, "No, they're not. They're, they're, there's no okay. They may ride a Suzuki's next year, but there is no chance this deal is already done because it is Suzuki." And then smash cut to me in the car with Wheeler saying, "Guess what I heard?" And uh, both of us laughing out loud as long, as much as we can, <laughs> like. Like, there's just no chance that the Suzuki deal is done with anybody at any point to, to switch manufacturers. So, good good not times. Aggressively pursuing, no. Not aggressively pursuing. Not aggressively pursuing programs. Suzuki's not aggressively doing anything. So, no. Uh, no. So, you know, they, they could be Suzuki, but it's probably not going to be decided until January 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 so, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, Mosman, bad day. Verizzi, good day. Uh, I heard from somebody that knows Jace Kessler, and I don't even know if this is true. I probably should, shouldn't should say this. 
Nah, it's not your style. Let it, let it rip. Thank you. <laughs> I heard that Tony Alessi called Jace Kessler and was not happy that he was running 800. This comes from somebody that knows Jace Kessler. It doesn't sound inconceivable. It doesn't. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It doesn't okay. sound like Suzuki is signing with Butler Brothers. It doesn't sound no, like that. This, it, this sounds legit. Right. Maybe, so, maybe not. Yeah. So it's, it's not fair, though, for Tony, because you could almost say anything and it could almost be believable. That's <laughs> so not really fair. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. <laughs> like you could throw out a crazy rumor like Alessi and Freesey are going to Arena Cross next year. And that one, I think there is some steam behind. And I'm fingers crossed, please. Right. I want Bowers, Alessi and oh. Freesey. All in arena cross with Stank Dog and Kyle Peters. <laughs> the, the dirt, yeah. the dirt bike gods need to all get together and make that shit happen. And then Daniel Blair will resign from Supercross and go cover arena cross. Yeah, <laughs> I will not be available because I have to be there on Saturday nights. I gotta be <laughs> in. I gotta be in Reno. I gotta be in uh, uh, St. Charles, Alex. Louisiana. Yeah. And I got to be. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to skip Arlington for Amarillo. Right, right. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of, we uh, we had a response from the, I guess, now retired, now an agent, Jacob Hayes. Yeah. He, he kind of does have an RC trophy, but kind of doesn't. Right. He doesn't yeah. have the big one. Uh, and he sh- sent us a photo of Daniel Blair beside him with the RC cup. Yeah. It was a team. It was a team win. You know how the writers always say, "We did it." Yeah. Yes. There's the proof. So, we got it done. I thought. I thought he won the big giant cup, and that's what I was asking. And he doesn't know where it is, and he didn't win that. He won a, a little tiny one. So. Um, it's Ricky. It's Ricky's cup. It's at Ricky's. House. For sure. No, that thing's at Todd Gendro's house. The way Todd loves Ricky, that thing's at, at Ricky's house or Gendro's house for sure. I hope it's not at the goat farm because now Bobby Regan has it. <laughs> Another thing Bobby Regan bought. Bobby Regan has it somehow. Yeah. Keep Keeping the garage door open. Um, <laughs> Caleb Russell. Oh, LCQ Dude. for Caleb. And then just, I mean, we talked to him after the race there, Weech. Uh, he came by the media area and. Yep. Uh, he's depressed. We talked ta- him and I mostly talked about tasers, so I didn't get a whole scoop. Uh, oh, okay, but yeah, and you talked a little Stu Baylor. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I talked a little Stu, Stu Baylor. Right, right. Um, I'm yeah, team. I'm team Stu, except like, okay, I'm team Stu. I don't know him. Had him on the show. He was a great interview. I just see him from the outside. He's Blue Crew. He's Blue Crew, which is I'm Blue Crew. So I like Team Stu. I'm all Team Stu, but I always thought his image of Team Stu. I, this this let me down. I, I, if anybody's a Stu fan, uh, tell him this. He let me down because we seem like we don't make any excuses. We seem like we the, we hang it out and party on the weekends, and we still win. And and we are you know we run our own show and blah blah blah. And I was so disappointed to see an interview with Stu that said if we had more guys in the woods, I would have known the better lines like KTM has, and I would have won. What Stu? We don't do that. We don't. That's not <laughs> Stu. Yeah, what are we Baylor doing? Kind of does do that. He's he's got a great story every time. If you want to consider that an excuse or a reason or just a story, okay. We report, you decide. Okay. That's, All right. Well, I was let down. Like Tony Alessi. We'll just say what he <laughs> said, and then you guys come up with your own opinion on it. Comp KTM team in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Harrison, I'm confused with Caleb. Like um, he. Okay, he can't be – I know that motocross is new to him, and we really don't know how he's going to do But he got 15th in the first moto last week at High Point. So all of a sudden, I'm writing notes and doing stuff, getting ready for the day, and I all of a sudden hear that he's in fourth in the LCQ. Yeah. And I'm like, how did he not even get in the top 36 in qualifying? Again, we don't know where his level is, but he got 15th 
in a moto last week, and he came from a first-turn crash to 21st in the other one. How did he not even qualify in the top 36? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. A factory bike yeah. and Caleb Russell, it, odd. Yeah, yeah. he was 40% better last week. I don't, I don't even get it. And then, yeah, the motos were just crash fests. And, uh, and I saw his dad. So Caleb's dad, um, I'll give you the full story here. So Caleb's dad is married to Carrie Coombs, Davey's sister. Uh, his dad, Jeff, he's like the gnarliest, hardest working man on earth. And for the first time ever, he was at a race just to watch his son ride. He's like, I'm not getting in a water truck. I'm not helping Tim Ritchie. I'm not digging the track. I'm not watering the track. I'm not doing anything. And I told him at the end of the day, I'm like, you got to go up to DeCoster and say, this ain't cutting it. Your bike's ruining my son's career. That's what you need to do. You need to go up for Roger DeCoster and say, you're ruining my son. And he's like, man, one year I was referee at Loretta's and Alessi protested Villapoto on 85s. And I'm like... I didn't know that dads were like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I go, do that. Yes. Do that. Right over there. There he is there. There, there yes. he is, Roger, the, the, old, the old guy with the KTM shirt. Yeah. Villapoto yeah. and right. Alessi dad on him <laughs> and blame the bike. Uh, fix it. Well, if, yeah, anybody knows, but if anybody knows Jace Kessler, by the way, ask him if that's true and then tell him to DM me or something. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Caleb Russell. Oh, uh, shout out to uh, Brandon Shear, who used yes. to be a top privateer, now a trainer with the club team. He goes 21-21 on the day. Kind of out of retirement, he's Loretta's vet champion, and um, twenty-one, twenty-one is pretty good. Yeah, good job for Brandon Shear. He hasn't raced pro national in a long time, so that that's awesome. And then, yeah. By the way, I I have circled on here amateur rant, but it, we've already done deep enough. I'm not getting into it. This Levi Kitchen rule, it's it's insane. I did get a chance to voice my objections uh, on the announcer's tower when we're with Rocket Rob Bitus, <laughs> so I got my chance to tell all the Redbud faithful what I thought of the rule. Uh, and I was going to do it again on this podcast, and then probably tomorrow night as well. Yeah, but, uh, we, we, I'm just dis- I'm disappointed in you, Weege. Hmm? You brought it up the amateur rule on the broadcast, and I thought it was a very opportune time to throw in. There are some in the media that oh. believe that this <laughs> is BS, but you just you roll you just deliver you you did the right thing. You like, report, let everyone decide, but you could have definitely steered that a little bit. And I, I was waiting for maybe a little dig on Steve, and you didn't do it. Like like Marty, wrong. like Marty's interviews for many years. People were there are people that say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the dumbest. It's so dumb. It's just it's it's the two fifty Supercross guys getting points. It's the same idea. Like let's just you know let's just help these guys along. And ah, it's it's everybody gets a trophy mentality. It's like ah oh, yeah, come race a pro. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Just go back and race Loretta's. Like like you know like the the, the people Levi's racing against i mean they're already strapped for cash and support and all this stuff levi's got a factory bike like i just it's so dumb like and we're gonna give you another advantage where you can go to a national and race that like i I don't i don't man i don't i don't get it like why why well guys can do that i know but it's just but no but it increases your expenses it increases your travel it increases time you know out of school or whatever like it just increases the effort that amateurs have to make because Levi Kitchen's going to do it, so now I got to do it, you know. And it's just I don't like that. I don't like the fact that you can dip your toe in against like there was some dude that Levi Kitchen bumped out of racing Red Bud, right? And then like look, obviously the dude may be just a plumber, right? Like like a like a regular guy, the forty the forty first guy, right? Levi Kitchen bumped him out, but that dude is a professional. Like he, that's what he does. He's made the leap. He's he's graduated to professional motocross racer, quote unquote. I'm using the term lightly because the 41st guy, you know, li- yeah, likely right. doesn't have a full time thing. But but this kid can just bump him out. 
You know, just, yeah, no problem. There you go. You know, f- screw you. Go home. Right. This, I'm here. I, the, the solution was in the group text, Steve. It's a 125 or a support class at the Nationals. I, I Well, we had 125s for a while, yeah. I know, and I I, it, I wish it came back because I do truly think that's. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking to myself as an amateur parent of, of a kid. God, if that existed, then that final year of amateur, I wouldn't even have my kid race A stuff. Like you're not amateur when you're A. You're 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 transitioning into the pro class. If they had that class and it was every round, I would well rather take my kid to hit every single race in the 125 dream race as he prepares for pro racing than to go to you know the yeah, the Poncas, the 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 Oak Hills, all those kind of races. I'd way rather do all the nationals with my kid as a prep be, for be, his actual pro career. It'd be great if they could find time for a twenty-minute moto or a fifteen-minute moto at a national, uh, um, in between some moto or beginning of the day or end of the day, something. You know, um, that'd be great. I don't. The time is tight. That's what everybody will tell you on the on the TV. I side. don't know too much about it. I think the reason that it isn't back these last two years is, and it, I I don't think that obstacle will exist next year. I think they were just under the you know, you're making these rules way earlier in the year when the COVID thing is much more serious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as the teams are concerned, I think the teams don't care anymore. Um, but they were pretty scared of, you know, putting employees in danger or whatever it might have been, especially last year. I think the reason the 125s aren't around right now is they kind of promised to teams minimal amount of everything, minimal people in the pits, minimal bodies yeah. at right. the event. Right. Yeah. So they're like, I- hey, if we can cut, you know, 20 bikes out of the pro pit, but I don't believe, obviously, that obstacle is not going to be a problem next year. So yeah, maybe yeah, that comes yeah. back. Yeah, I, I just, I yeah. just think it's, I think it would be great. I just don't, you know, you're the professional, you're not, and so beat it. Yeah, I, it would know. be incredible, and it doesn't have to be 125. It could be a like the limited, the limited 250 class. But if Cowie could send Chance Hymas, Jet Reynolds, you know, Yamaha sends LeBlanc, Levi Kitchen to do an entire year in this limited, maybe stock-ish class. That's so much better for them than riding all year for a couple amateur races while they're just waiting to turn pro. I, I, it's so other than the schedule weeds, which I, again I don't understand. I don't know how it all works behind the scenes, but if they could make it work, it should happen. It would be better for I think our entire youth transition. I, I really do think it would be better to have these kids on national tracks for a year before they actually turn legit pro. It would be I awesome. Feel like that's what you've heard a lot of teams say too. Yeah, so, yeah. No, there's awesome. you guys are not. Yeah. 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 But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the obstacles are. This rule is terrible. This rule is terrible. So the rule is the 250 Supercross guys count for points. That's terrible, also, and it's just pandering to the amateur OEMs, you know, that that want these things and just tell them to beat it. That's all. So that's my rant. Um, all right. Well, anything else? Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Daniel. Yeah, we yeah. could have started five minutes early if you didn't go on the dumb rant. Like we haven't. Like we have not heard this. I mean. I don't want to get Tony Lesson mad, but that was the 800th time that we've heard that rant. <laughs> well, I stand by. Well, until until it gets fixed, he's not going to stop. Oh, he's not gonna stop. Well, yeah, look at look at the FIM is gone, and it took took me four years of that and five years of that. Hey, um, no, no weeds. The problem yeah. is if he gets his way, the nets he won't let it go either because the nets. I think I've heard more about since they've gone up than before they even did go up. It's true. So the truth Tough is, blocks. if Steve I, gets his way, uh, you're really going to hear about again, it. Again, on the tombstone, he knew. Oh, he God. knew. that. That's what I want because all the changes that I want will come in and it'll make things better like the Nets. So <laughs> just, just remember that. Just delaying our July 4th party. <laughs> I'm going to have to go harder than ever now. 
Have to yeah, gotta catch up. <laughs> just, like, just to try to black out and forget about it. <laughs> yeah, like, right. oh god, we got right. the Steve amateur rant. Right. Well, you know what? I will say, um, when 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 people say that uh, we are not allowed to be critical of things because uh, of who we work for, like there's lots of evidence out there. Like, what? How many things we made fun of on this very podcast, this particular episode? Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's all good. I mean, yeah, we come from a place good. of passion and caring. The fact that you were able to go and complain about one of the rules at the event, at the event, as an announcer, <laughs> yeah. over the loudspeaker. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, no, nobody came and, and then, yanked me with a giant cane out of the tower. And, you and know? then start the yeah. podcast by blowing out the owners of the facility for their track build. It's a great track. It's fantastic. Just fix that leap, man. The, the, the people, the people come to see, to the leap to see the leap being done. No one wants to see double single. That's what I do. I double single when I rode Red Bud. So, Steve, is it, is it safe to say that not everyone takes things personally like Glenn Helen does? Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> Everyone else lets it slide. Right. All Steve's right. the one that trolls Tim Ritchie's Instagram and constantly says, don't prep it like Donation's 18. So. <laughs> don't, bring, right. don't bring in all the sand. <laughs> That's where we're at. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, all right. Well, speaking of sand, Southwick next week, uh, thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you to Renthal, uh, Maxis, uh, Motorsport.com, the folks at Cobalinks, uh, Arma, and Onyx Maps, of course. Uh, Daniel, not bad. Not bad job for subbing for JT. Uh, I appreciate you uh, actually agreeing with me on some things, unlike JT. So um, we may invite you back. Outdoor specialist, when you need me, I'll be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Weege, thanks, buddy. Uh, we'll see everybody at, or see, see you at Southwick, Weege. And uh, Daniel, thanks, man. See you guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, 
It's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience. Did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.